motherfucking stuck ass stuck on a Friday. Yeah. Another action packed, exciting day in paradise.
was the absolute worst show ever. It is Friday, October 2nd, 2015. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, J. Cat Morris, and this is the tribute to the one and only Fat Frank, Frank Ayadeva. This man, uh, he was a... Huge, huge part of the Northeast wrestling scene. Um, anybody who knows anything about the Northeast wrestling scene knows Jersey All-Pro Wrestling. And Jersey All-Pro Wrestling launched so many careers. Not only did they launch so many careers, but they really laid the foundation for other wrestling companies that have now become a big, big deal, such as Ring of Honor. Things that Jersey All-Pro did really laid the groundwork for what Ring of Honor built its entire reputation off. I mean, you look at just as a quick example, you look at the opening match to the first Ring of Honor show. That was the Hit Squad and the Christopher Street Connection, something that was done time and time again in Jersey All-Pro. These were things that were done through the eyes of Fat Frank. Fat Frank had a vision for talent like none other. And, you know, you'll hear from a lot of these guys on this show who had called in. And, um, I mean, he's going to be tremendously missed by the wrestling community. Besides that, Fat Frank, as a man, I mean, this guy was, was humble. He was down to earth. He treated people with a different level of respect. And you, then you see out of any indie wrestling promoter, or I'd imagine any big-time wrestling promoter, um, my own personal experience, I had the privilege of having him on last year, which is something, you know, in retrospect, man, I, I really wish I would have done earlier. Um, but, you know, it's neither here nor there. But, um it was great having him on, and, you know, I've been a Jersey All-Pro fan for years. So, you know, it's it's really no secret that you don't have to sell me. You know, I wanted you on my show enough to have you on and want to interview you and have a lot of questions for you. So, really, Frank had no obligation to sell me on anything. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, following the show that I had him on, he did something that nobody's ever done you know, for me. And, and honestly, I don't feel like I deserve that because I just, I don't look for handouts. I don't look for anybody to give me anything. And I never really put it out there on the show because personally, you know, I don't need every jerk off of the podcast, you know, running up to Frank, hitting him up for comps or anything like that. Because again, I don't think I deserve it. I don't think any podcast or anybody just deserves to be comped for any reason, really, because, you know, you're, you're getting a good product out there. It's worth paying for, you know? So, um, Frank comped me. He, he comped me and my wife to the show. And, um, again, I mean, just completely humbled because I'm not a guy that needed to be sold. I was already sold. I was showing up win, lose, or draw. And, um, you know, it was just the, the generosity that he did just because I had him on my podcast, which as a huge fan of his product and everything he put out there, why wouldn't I, you know, attend his show? So, you know, that, that was the – a big, big thing to me, you know, because it, it it was something that was just so above and beyond and showed such a kindness that you know, nobody has to do. You're out there, you're selling a product, that's what you're doing. That's your business. You, you know, nobody deserves the handout. So um, that, that was tremendous to me. Um, and, you know, on top of that, something that, you know, was even bigger to me is I never in my life, you know, I, I take – for, you know, photos for hobby and stuff like that. Um, never in my life did I ever think I'd be able to shoot ringside photography. And Frank gave me that opportunity. 
I never in a million years thought I'd be able to do something like that. And at their last show, Frank let me do that. And I, I couldn't be more appreciative of, you know, what he did. And, um, and I mean, just as an overall guy, he's, he's just going to be missed. I mean, you know, I, I uh, patched in a bunch of his Facebook videos and some of the that he was, you know, he put up, he'd crack you up, you know, you just uh, randomly on a, you know, whatever day of the week he'd put up, one of these videos on uh, Facebook and he'd, he'd crack you up, man. He was an over the top personality. He had a lot of fun with life and it really showed um, his passion for wrestling too, man. Um, I mean, you'd talk to him. He, he lived locally. He lived around here by me. So I'd see him in the Walmart occasionally and he would, he'd come up to you like, like a guy who just started a wrestling company, man, wait till you see what I got going on here. You know, wait till you hear what I got. I mean, he was, legitimately excited about what he was doing and you know in in the wrestling business you see a lot of people who are jaded two years in let alone 19 years into running a company um i mean you just got to respect that because you know just about anybody who ever got into the wrestling business got into it because they were a fan of the wrestling business so when years and years and years later you're still a fan of the wrestling business the way the fat frank was i mean it's that's just that's something to be admired. A lot of people can take uh, notes on, on the way Fat Frank conducted business overall. Um, but, yeah, that's um, – he, he's just going to be missed. I mean, I can't say that enough. But um, on on the show tonight, I have a lot of people calling in and, uh, you know, some pre-recorded stuff we did. And um, beyond that, I have a guy on the, on the line right now who's uh, going to be co-hosting the show tonight. Uh, some people might know him as Johnny D. Um, Fat Frank knew him as his best friend and, um, you know, business partner in Jersey All-Pro. Hey, how's it going, Pierre? What's up? I just want to say one thing. In the words of the fat man, that intro was fucking awesome ass. It actually brings <laughs> tears to my eyes hearing his voice again. And everything yeah. you said is 100% correct. Fat Frank is going to be missed terribly. It took a big hit in the indie wrestling industry losing him. He was a one-of-a-kind guy. Not only were we business associates with Jersey All Pro Wrestling, we were also best friends out of the business. I mean, Frank is just one of those guys that if you had the opportunity to have him in your life or spend some time with him, you fell in love with him. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, you know, I, I really thought about it, and I said, you know, I, I got to do something more with the intro. I, I got to add Fat Frank to Fat Frank show. I mean, it wouldn't be the same without him. So, uh, you know, I. But uh, it, it was but yeah, man. It really was good. Thank you. Um, like I said, he he deserves the best. So anything that I could do within my power. Um, um, but yeah, um, you know, we have a bunch of calls and stuff here. Um I guess we'll go into the first one. Um Yeah. This is uh this is E C Negro. We're gonna let this play. All right, um I'd like to welcome to the show E C Negro. Hey, what's going on, brother? How you doing, man? Doing all right, doing all right. Um so I definitely wanna have you on. I know you were a long time Jersey All Pro. You know, guy, and um, have you on and, and talk about Fat Frank. 
Oh, man, um, Fat Frank was an amazing guy. And, you know, one of the things that you realize uh, when you pass away, unfortunately, that's when you start getting the respect that you deserve. Um, I always felt like Frank never got the respect that he deserved as far as his contributions to the wrestling business because JP over the last few years weren't running consistently. But if you look at what Frank did, it's it's really incredible. Like if you were to really analyze how many people Fat Frank has helped over years, it's I, there's not too many promoters on the Northeast or just in general that could say that they gave that many guys a rug. Right. Yeah, for sure. You know? Yeah, I mean, you look at the, uh, for example, you look at the the roster for Ring of Honor's first show. That was like seventy seventy percent, seventy five percent, Fat Frank's guys. You know, the the, the you know Rob Feinstein and Doug Gentry at the time in two thousand and three, when they were doing uh, when they were doing what they were doing. They were they were filming Jersey All Pro shows before Ring of Honor even started. So if you look at the Ring of Honor first show and just how they started, they took a lot of guys from Jersey All Pro. Uh, guys like uh, Sami Zayn and, and Kevin Owens got their first United States shot in Jersey All Pro, the best of the lightweight match, uh, especially for Generico at the time. That match catapulted him onto a whole nother level. Same thing with Samoa Joe. He wasn't getting booked on the East Coast like that, but he was getting booked in Jersey All Pro. Next thing you know, Ring of Honor starts off. So just a lot of guys got a rub from him, you know, and, and uh, it was uh, absolutely terrible what we had to see yesterday. Um, but a lot of people came through and showed love to him, so that's how much respect he had amongst the, uh, the wrestling community and people in general. Yeah, yeah, of course. It's a tremendous loss to wrestling in general, like you said, and, and everybody who's met him in just regular life. Yeah, it, it was um, astronomical, bro. Um, you know, it's one thing we have we in wrestling. There's a lot of people that die over drug overdoses, steroid use, and things of that nature. But when things like this happen, because this was completely out of left field, this was an absolute shot. Uh, it, it really hits home, and at the same time, it just makes you appreciate life that much more. You know what I mean? It, you're not promised tomorrow. No one's guaranteed tomorrow, and and I hope that uh, this instance woke up a lot of people in a lot of different ways. Sure. Um, you got any good uh, Fat Frank stories? Because I know you know Frank. You know his personality kept things interesting at all times. So. Um... <laughs> I have one Fat Frank story that's absolutely hilarious. I don't know if I'm okay. gonna get heat for but I'll, but I'll tell it anyway. So we did a we did a double shot in Boston, Massachusetts, and this was around the time that um, Edge and Matt Hardy had that heat, and Matt Hardy got fired from the WWE. I, I don't remember what year it was exactly. I want to say like '04 or '05 or something like that. Mm-hmm. We're all hanging out, and Matt Hardy's in the hotel room. I'm there with my with Casey Blade. And there's a bunch of other workers in the hotel room, and all of a sudden, Fat Frank gets naked, right? And <laughs> walks into the room and like tucks his balls like in between <laughs> in between his legs and starts talking like, 
You know how Jim Carrey used to talk uh, with his ass and Ace Ventura? <laughs> Bro, like that, and it was probably one of the funniest things. Because it was so unexpected. It was probably one of the funniest things that, that I ever seen in my life. And to see, like, Matt Hardy's reaction, a guy that was in, you know, started in Omega and then just went up to WWE and was there for such a long time. He was not expecting, he wasn't expecting that at all. But it, it's just one of those things you have to be there that's pretty classic and also uh, Frank was really big on ribbing when me and Blade first started there was this place in Bayonne, New Jersey called Cluck U where uh, it was like this ch- like this pretty famous like chicken spot in, in Bayonne so yeah. at the time you know me and Blade are super greenhorns and the hit squad's there Homicide's there Pat Frank and Randy Baker who was the booker at the time was there and they're like, oh, you want to be a part of the crew? You want to be in JP? You want to be a part of the hit squad? And we're fucking marks, you know? We're like, yeah, man, we want to be a part of the crew. So they're like, all you have to do is eat this chicken. And you're in the crew, bro. And we're like, that's it? Yeah, that's it. Bro, you have to sign a waiver to eat that chicken. <laughs> Me, Blade, were vomiting in the streets for hours, bro. Like, it was that hot. We, we like, ran to, like, a 7-Eleven and, like, pulled out a milk and butter and were, like, eating it in the 7-Eleven and drinking it just so, like, our mouths could cool down. But that was the type of dude that Fat Frank was, man. He wasn't he wasn't your typical promoter, bro. Like, he was one of the boys. Yeah. It, 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 it was different because he was, you know, because he was a worker, you know, for such a long time, which people mm-hmm. will never really remember. But, you know, he was in the tag team NC-17 that was pretty big in the Northeast for a few years with, uh, with K&D, who was also with JAP. Um, he was such a good guy, man. He gave every wrestler an opportunity. And he wasn't one of those guys that wanted things done a specific way. The reason why Jersey All Pro was gold was the fact that he gave so many people the green light. He didn't question yeah. what people did. You know what I mean? He's like, I trust you. This is what you're going to do. Do it and have a good time. And that's what we did, man. And uh, that's why Jersey Old Pro was such a, a major staple on the, on the Northeast for such a long period of time. So November 14th is going to be, you know, a day to celebrate the life of Fat Frank, you know, even though it's their anniversary show. And, and then you'll see, uh, you know, we'll see what direction Jersey Old Pro goes into after that. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, yeah, I appreciate you coming on, man. Um, you know, being part of this and you know sharing your memories with that Frank, because um, I mean, he, he meant so much to so many people. Yeah, for sure, and I, and I appreciate the fact that you had me on, and the fact that you're dedicating this show to Fat Frank. Uh, it means a lot to the whole locker room and Jersey All Pro. You know, we just want Frank to get the respect that he deserves as a promoter and as a person in the wrestling business. He did a lot for a lot of people. You could just name, go down the list and name the names of guys that were there. Uh, the best of the best, bro. If you didn't work for Jersey All Pro, you were nobody. I yeah. really believe that. I really believe that in my heart. And I know you're a big CZW guy, but you're also a big Jersey All Pro guy. So you you of understand. Course. You know what I mean. So you understand how important it was. Jersey All Pro was the Fed for a long time on the Northeast. It was big. To me, it was bigger than ECWA. It was bigger than Combat Zone. Um, 
but that's my opinion, you know what I mean? And uh, sure. I was just honored to be in the locker room, you know what I mean? Absolutely, man. So, yeah, man, you know, thanks for coming on, and, um, you know, hopefully next time under better circumstances. Yeah, most definitely, man. Thank you so much, bro. Rest in peace, Matt Frank, and thank you to uh, everybody that's been showing him love over the last few days, man. Uh, I'm sure his family is very grateful. Uh, take care, brother, all right? All right, man. Have a good night. You too, my brother. Be good, man. Bye-bye. <clears throat> So there you go, that was E.C. Negro, and, um, you know, some really good stories out of him. And, um, you know, you can see the type of guy that Fat Frank is. And, you know, you'll see, you know, throughout this this show, the same type of sentiments. See, it's stories like that that E.C. Negro said that made Fat Frank Fat Frank, Jay. You know, he was the type of guy, like E.C. Negro said, he was one of the boys. You know, yes, he was the promoter, and he he was, you know, the man, you know, and you wanted to – you know, kind of like a lot of these guys wanted to kiss his ass just to get on his show, but he didn't want that. You know what I'm saying? He was the type of person who just wanted to hang out, have a good time, you know, and of course, the infamous tough. That was one of Frank's favorite things to do, especially to somebody that had no idea about it, you know? And like I said, (laughs) it was stories like that that E.C. Negro touched on that, you know, made Fat Frank who Fat Frank is, you know? And, you know, he was right. At the time, we were the company you wanted to be in. We were the place you wanted to be at. You know, we were running shows all the time, and Frank did give the green light to so many guys and, you know, trusted them and let them run with it. And, you know, a lot of these guys, they did such a phenomenal job, and it got them where they are today. You know, Jay Lethal, Homicide, Loki. You know, the list just goes on and on and on and on. And, you know, sure. it's what made Jersey All Pro Wrestling, Jersey All Pro Wrestling. Fat Frank made Jersey All Pro Wrestling, Jersey All Pro Wrestling. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, there's definitely something special going on there. And, you know, there's more than just a guy running a company. Like like these guys are saying, it was a family. And it, that really shows through. It really does. Like I said, he touched a lot of people, you know, there's not, I don't think there's one story somebody can give you out there bad about Frank because he just wasn't that type of person. I mean, you know, if you were around Frank and you hung out after the show that night, you knew you were in for a good fucking time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I guess, you know, we'll jump into the next call. Um, and, uh, we'll go with Scott. Scott, uh, was a member of Modtrom. Um, yeah, you want to elaborate a little bit more about Scott and his relationship yeah, with Jersey Alpha? Um, Scott was Matron. Scott and Dom. Those are the guys that filmed. Those are the guys that edited. Those are the guys that made um, Jersey All Pro Wrestling worldwide. Those were the guys that were just, you know, they were also, they weren't just the guys that came in and filmed. They were family. These were guys mm-hmm. that filmed our show, and at the end of the show, we all hung out. We went to their house when there even was no show. You know, Frank was infamous for throwing his big-ass barbecues. And, you know, that would be a time where we'd all get together and hang out. But, yeah, Scott and Dom, Andrew, and Mark Clemson, that whole, like, Modtrom crew between the announcers and the guys that videotaped and, you know, cut, edited. And did all right. Yeah. Scott's got some good things to say about Frank. Yeah, so, so here's Scott. I'd like to welcome to the show a longtime friend of Fat Frank, 
Scott from Modrum. Hey, man. what's up? Oh, nothing. You know, just trying to uh, get back to living a, a normal life after a really rough uh, last couple of days. Absolutely, man. So, you know, I wanted to have you on. I mean, you knew Frank a long, long time. And, um, you know, get your thoughts on Frank and, and maybe give me some stories. Oh, yeah. Well, I appreciate it. Um, thank you very much. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I've known Frank since probably around 1998. Um, I was a fan going to the Jersey All Pro shows in Bayonne. Um, I saw a flyer that Frank made that said, fire, fire, barbed wire, blood. And I was like, fuck, I got to go to this. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, Frank... Uh, welcomed us with open arms. You know, he was always, he was at the door, you know, greeting fans as they came in and just started talking to him. And uh, basically, uh, we, uh, I was in school at the time, so I came up with the crazy idea of starting a, uh, I was in uh, film school, so I said, let's start a Jersey All Pro public access cable show. And he mm -hmm. was like, yeah, let's do it, you know. So, uh, yeah, that was it. And Frank, you know, trusted me. And he gave me, like, I guess my shot, just like he gave all these these wrestlers their, their first shot, you know, their first chance to, like, get involved in, in this crazy business. And uh, Frank was a crazy man. Uh, you know, anybody who knew him has tons of stories. I'm sure you'll hear lots of them. You know, um, absolutely. You know, one of my first impressions of Frank was, you know, uh, we wanted to talk about. Well, I want to do this public access show on Staten Island Cable, um, and he said, "Yeah, let's talk about it." But I have to take a shit, so come talk in the bathroom. You know, <laughs> so you know that pretty much sums up Frank. So you know, we went into the bathroom, and uh, back in Bayonne, he would only shit in the women's stall. Uh, he didn't like going into the men's bathroom. So here I am talking to Frank through uh, a bathroom door in the women's bathroom in Charity Hall in uh, Bayonne. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you know, uh, Frank was a great guy. You know, his whole life was about um, welcoming people and making them feel like part of the family you know i mean i only knew him for a couple of months and he was inviting me to his house to have like christmas dinner with his family and, and that was frank you know he was one of one of the nicest guys who was always happy yeah um always 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 funny always doing crazy things and i'm sure you'll hear a lot of stories about shit <laughs> and how he <laughs> liked to yeah, yeah, you know, like his his thing was what I heard, you know, when talking to other people, um, you know, about Fat Frank. Oh, Fat Frank, watch out! He'll shit in your he'll shit in your uh, your bathtub. You know, <laughs> these are the warnings that people gave me about him. You know, stay away from Frank. He'll shit in your bathtub. And uh, you know, the first time I went, we went when we were we went to Philadelphia. Uh, were running in the ECW arena whenever it was back in like the year 2000, 2001. Um, you know, Frank, uh, we went going room to room. You know, everybody had rooms in the Holiday Inn. It was a big party. So, you know, Frank asked, you know, we came in the room. Hey, what's up, Frank? How you doing? He said, go in the bathroom. There's a cup over there. 
lift up the cup. He's like, there's something in there you'll like. All right, so I don't know. You know, I'm still, like, kind of getting to know Frank, you know? <laughs> I lifted right. up the cup, and there was a big shit in the cup, you know? <laughs> wow. Good times. Good times. Yeah. <laughs> It's, you know, it's devastating. You know, I've spent the last, I don't know, 17, 18 years um, with Frank, you know, on every occasion. You know, I was there when when his his daughter was born. Uh, I was there helping him move into his new house, into his house before that. You know, I've, I've spent numerous New Year's, Christmases, holidays with him. Uh it's 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 really hard to say goodbye but i've been doing nothing but laughing for the last few days just you know reminiscing with everyone about all the stories and all the good times it's rough <laughs> but you know frank yeah. was one of a kind he was a vulgar disgusting human being but i mean that that just made you love him more you know yeah yeah he- you definitely have a lot of people with memories, that's for sure. Oh yeah, I mean, there's there's so many you could do a a a, a, a you know nine hour show on him, <laughs> you know, and <laughs> I just hope people that that don't you know didn't know him could could laugh at these stories. You know, I'm always worried that you know maybe they're like insider stories, but I mean, come on, shit's funny no matter what. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, yeah, good man. time. Absolutely. So yeah, I mean, I really appreciate you calling in, man, because uh, like I said, I just I wanted to do this the best possible, you know, tribute to Frank as possible. You know, give him all his, his friends, his coworkers, everybody, you know, to to really do it the right way because he really deserves the best. He gave everybody so much entertainment on in his personal life and you know as a wrestling promoter. So it's only right that we give a little back. Oh, well, thank you, man. I, I really appreciate this. And, you know, everyone does. And, you know, what you're doing is, is a great thing. And, you know, that's awesome. And I can't wait to hear this. <laughs> but uh, did anyone tell you the story about the tuck yet? Um, Yeah, with uh, Matt Hardy. Oh. No, well, I don't know. It, it could have to. Frank's trademark, one of his trademarks was the tuck. And, uh, you know, if you ever saw Silence of the Lambs, you remember Buffalo Bill standing in front of the mirror with his dick, right, right. you know, wrapped up. That was Frank's uh, trademark. So, you know, one <laughs> of my one of my funniest memories of him was being in Seaside when Jersey All Pro was running Seaside. And, okay. you know, we were, again, we had a hotel. You know, everyone had rooms at the hotel, so we basically took this place over. And, you know, it was probably about 2 in the morning, 1 in the morning, and I hear screaming outside my door, you know. Frank was doing his one-man gang scream, and he was <laughs> running down it with the tuck, with his pants pulled down, you know. He had his, his dick wrapped up, you know. <laughs> and he just looked at me, and he said, is this normal? And I said, no, but, you know, <laughs> it's one of the funniest I've seen all summer, so keep it up. You know, went back into the room and continued, you know, doing our little party thing. So, you know, that's Frank, and I appreciate you doing this. It's really a good thing. You're a good guy for doing this. Thank you, man. It's it's appreciated, man. All right. We're going to miss Frank, right. and we all love him. 
All right, man. Absolutely, man. Have a good night. You too. Thank you, sir. Be good. You're very welcome. <laughs> so there you go. There was Scott. Hey, you see, Scott had a it's about Frank. I told you, anybody that had the chance to have Frank in their life had an experience. He was one of a kind. There's no one ever, 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 ever would be like Frank was. And like Scott said, once Frank, once you became friends with Frank, you weren't just a friend. You were family. He'd invite you down to yeah. his house. He'd have barbecues, holiday parties. I mean, it was one thing after another. He was such a good-hearted man. He was a family man, and Frank was just one crazy motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, you know, when uh, you see Negro gave me the story about, um, you know, Frank with uh, Matt Hardy in the tuck, and then Scott asked me if I knew about the tuck. I figured that was the story, but no, that was not the first. Uh, that was not Frank's oh, no. first rodeo with the tuck. <laughs> there was many, there's many, 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 many stories about the tuck. Many. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. He's you know, the more you hear about Frank, uh, you know, the more you know you know, how unique he was and you know, how much he just stood out. His personality was so over the top and uh, oh. he was like one of a kind, like everybody's saying. Yeah. Don't don't never don't never be another fat Frank. Never, ever, 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 ever. You know, there's no. story after story, like I said, if you had the opportunity to be friends with Frank or hang out with Frank, you knew you were going to have a good time no matter what. Uh, it was like an opportunity yeah. of a lifetime. You know, and he, yeah. he's missed. Like, even talking about him now, you know, I, I can't even explain to you how much I I miss him. Like, you know, Frank was uh, – I, I can't even explain it. Frank's thing was – here, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you a quick uh, story about Frank. I myself, I work crazy hours at my job, so I'll, I'll either be working overnight, all night, or during the day, going in the morning to work overnight. So usually I would post up a picture on Facebook or, or a status on Facebook, and Frank would call me, you know, usually on his way to work about quarter after 5, 5.30 in the morning. And as soon as I'd answer the phone, the first thing you would hear is 500 o'clock in the morning, as. You know, it was just—it was like he's like, I didn't wake you, did I? I'm like, no, you didn't wake me, but it was just, you know, I knew quarter after five, five thirty. As soon as I answered that phone, it was a big, you know, holler and a scream, and it was, you know, it was just Frank being Frank. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> and it's things like Definitely. that. I tell you, after when I got the phone call Thursday morning, I was at work, and it was like. I, I I I can't even explain the feeling I got when I was told that he passed. I mean, it felt like I, I don't know. It was like I, I couldn't believe it. It was like my world shattered. I was like, you know, I, I I had to ask, are you sure? I mean, this ain't a joke, right? Because you know, Frank was only forty. He just turned forty-three years old. His birthday's uh. August 31st, and it's funny because we always joke around because my son's birthday is September 1st, and Frank's birthday is the day before. And it was like, it just hit me to where I actually had to sit down and, like, and like gather my, my bearings. And yeah. I'm like, holy shit, I, you know, I'm never going to get that phone call anymore. I'm never going to get it. Frank's famous thing to call me was Ma Frere. 
I wasn't Pierre. I was mm-hmm. Montfrère. Where he came up with that umpteen years ago, I can't tell you. But, you know, that's – Montfrère, what are we going to do tomorrow? Montfrère, you're coming down. You know, we'd always go down to his house, down to shore or, you know, wherever we were at. What are we going to do? You know, we're going to go out to dinner here. We're going to eat this. Frank's biggest thing was food. Frank yeah. is a food connoisseur. He can tell you the best sandwich to eat, the best dinner plate to eat, or whatever. And, you know, it's missed, man. You know, it's it's been eight days going on nine. And I tell you, I still look at my phone hoping to hear it ring one more time and just hear, hey, mon frere, what, what, what are we going to plan for the show coming up? Or what, what are we going to do? You know, it's it, you right. know it took a toll on a lot of us because, you know, Frank was Frank. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to play this next one now. This one isn't so long, but, I mean, you got to realize this is the current Ring of Honor world champion, and, you know, that's Jay Lethal. And, I mean, Lethal went from a guy who I watched in Rawway wrestling over there in Jersey All Pro Wrestling, and it's his parents would be in the crowd every single month, you know, oh, cheering yeah. him on, and, um, you know, he he was just a young guy, just tearing it up in Jersey All Pro, and you know, um, you know he'll, he'll let you know how how he got into Jersey All Pro and everything else, and um, you know, he was one of those guys. He ended up getting chills as a fan because you saw him on on your TV in the middle of the ring with Ric Flair. So um, that's <laughs> it's a long way to come, and you know, it goes back to that Frank. So here's Jay Lethal. Yep. Like to introduce to the show, Jay Lethal. How's it going, man? Uh, it's going uh, as good as it can be. Uh, how are you? Doing all right. Doing all right. I um definitely wanted to have you on the show. Um, you know, we're doing a tribute for Fat Frank, and you know, you were a Jersey All Pro guy from the start, and um, I know you have some some thoughts and memories of Fat Frank. Yeah, uh, the the fondest one, and I I would consider to be the most prevalent one is the fact that uh, I, I wouldn't be wrestling today uh, if it weren't for Fat Frank. My, my introduction into the wrestling business uh, was through Fat Frank. Jersey All Pro Wrestling had a contest, uh, and it was very similar to WWE Tough Enough going on at the time. And they were going to be picking three winners, and the three winners would be trained for free. Um, they would teach these three winners how to wrestle and such. And I, of course, entered the contest after attending a Jersey All Pro Wrestling show. After hearing at intermission, Fat Frank in the middle of the ring announcing that they would have this contest. Uh, I was one of the people who joined. I remember my dad took off work to bring me to the contest. Um, and the funny part is, I wasn't even one of the winners. They had picked three winners, and I wasn't one of them. Uh, but then Frank, Pat Frank made a, an announcement saying that, you know, we weren't going to pick him because he was too young. I was 16, which was the youngest person trying to to win. Uh, he made an announcement saying that because he was so young, we initially didn't want to pick him, but we see something in him, and we're going to add a fourth winner. And believe it or not, I was the fourth person added, the fourth winner, um, and that was because of Fat Frank. So literally, I mean, I can't say that I would have never done anything with wrestling, but I, I do know that my life would have gone down a separate, a totally different path 
Uh, and who knows if I would even still be wrestling to this day. Um, but yeah, if there were no Fat Frank, then I can honestly say uh, there'd, there'd be no Jay Lethal. Right. Yeah, Frank had an enormous uh, just vision for talent, and uh, I keep saying it. To, you know, a lot of guys that I'm talking to, but I mean, it all speaks for itself. I mean, where you guys have made it to, you know, based off of Fat Frank's vision, and the guy's not wrong. Right, right, right. And I, I, I loved him to death. And the coolest part I think about it was. Uh, or even back then, it, it was so hard to trust the word of a wrestling promoter. Um, but never right. once did I have any problem trusting anything he ever said. He was always completely honest. My parents loved him. He invited them to his barbecue every time he had it. Uh, and he, he was just the perfect first promoter to meet uh, for me getting into the wrestling business because he was just he was so honest and upfront with me um, especially like I said in a business where it's hard to trust 100% a promoter's word it was cool that um, he was the first promoter that I ever dealt with and uh, he was just 100% a stand up guy yeah, for sure. Um, you know, Fat Frank left a lot of people a lot of stories. He was definitely a neat guy. Do you have any Fat Frank stories? Uh, I think I just shared the most important one. Uh, that being, like I said, I, there would be no well, Jay Lethal if it weren't for Fat Frank. Right. For sure, man. I, I definitely appreciate you being part of the show, Jay. Um, okay. Oh, um, you know, you were there. I, I first started going to Jersey All-Pro, and, and you were definitely, uh, you know, a main player in, in Jersey All-Pro. Uh, you know, we've seen you, you there, and, you know, going from seeing you in, in Fat Frank's, you know, company, working Jersey All-Pro, to, you know, seeing you on TV, across the ring from Rick Flair, type of things that give you chills as a fan. So, um, again, you know, without Fat Frank, it wouldn't have been possible, and I really appreciate it, man. No problem. Thank you for having me. No problem, man. Have a good night. You too. See ya. So there you go. There's Jay Lethal. Uh, Pierre, you remember the, uh, the the cold contest and how it all went down? You there, Pierre? Yes, I do. That was an amazing, okay. you know, Jay Lethal's story is an amazing story. Watching yeah. him, you know, evolve at being so young and coming to this school and working so hard, you know, he really did put 110% into what he was doing. I mean, his dad would sit there and videotape everything he did in the ring. And then having that contest and uh, him not getting picked right away, you know, it was crazy because that's, that was the biggest concern. He was so young. But he was good. You know, he got it. That was the thing. You know, we used to sit there. We had so many people.
that came when we first opened up the Jersey All Pro Wrestling School, which was a you know that was Frank's dream. Frank wanted to have a wrestling company and wanted to have a wrestling school, and that's what we had. And we had so many kids that came, so many adults that came and tried. Even people that I'm saying just tried and realized, hey, listen, this ain't for me. But to see him at such a young age and the dedication he had and how hard he sat there and broke his ass and was there at every single training session or every time the school was open, he was there. His family, what a wonderful family, always involved him with everything Jay did, always out in the audience. His dad, a pleasure to meet his mom, a pleasure to meet. His sisters, a pleasure to meet. I mean, they supported Jay 110%, and he gave it his all. And to see how far has he gone, and like you even mentioned, to see him at one point across the ring from Ric Flair, knowing where he came from, I mean, that put a smile on Frank's face, that put a smile on my face, that put a smile on Jeff Shapiro's face, you know? It was like, yeah. wow, you know, look look where he came from and look where he's at now. And, you know, it was just amazing. Like I said, he was young, and it, we didn't want to pick him at first, but you know what? Jay Lethal's come a long way. He's one hell of an athlete, one hell of a guy, and he has one hell of a family. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, another guy that went way back with um, with Jersey All-Pro is low-life Louis Ramos. Um, you know, he... He was big, uh, you know, with Jersey All-Pro, especially during the, the blood days, and um, spilled quite a bit of blood in, in Jersey All-Pro rings. And um, we'll go to low-life Louis Ramos. Like to low-life Louis Ramos. Hello? Go ahead, Louis. Hey, how are you guys? Thank you for having me on. It's an honor to be here. Thank you, man. Yeah, yeah, I wanted you to come on and, um, you know, maybe share some thoughts and memories about Pat Frank. Yeah, man. I mean, I would love to come on here under different circumstances, but uh, the world uh, tragically lost a great man, a great uh, promoter, a great person, a great father, a great husband, a great friend. Uh, Pat Frank was a friend to many people, and uh, Don Montoya said it best. Uh, only Pat Frank could get a room of guys from so many different walks of life together to celebrate his life. And that truly was what Frank did with Jersey Oprah. He was like the, the in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the, the, you know, the, the house of the misfit toys. And he gave guys that nobody else would give a chance to a, a home fed. And to this day, so many of those guys, you know, still work for him or work for him. And it, it, it's just an honor to have been part of that because, you know, through the years, Fat Frank grew so much, so much talent out of that little company that it's just unbelievable. And you know, it's so sad that at 43 years old he was called up to heaven. But you know, heaven not only gained an angel, but it gained a hell of a of a person, man. And you know, it's a blessing to him and blessings to his family, his son, his daughter, his wife. And I just, you know, I just don't know how they're dealing with it, but I wish him the best and. You know, you know, Seth Frank meant the world to me, and he meant the world to a lot of other people as well. Of course, man. Um, is there any stories you want to share about Seth Frank? Man, I have so many Frank stories to share. I don't know if this is PG or not, but Frank was not, and he would laugh, and I know he would laugh as I say this, Frank was not a PG guy. 
Frank was not a PG guy. He was all about making dirty jokes, dick jokes, fat jokes, shit jokes. He was not about he was not about ribbing somebody and leaving a cup full of pool in their car and doing all sorts of funny stuff like that. But uh, you know, the main stories that stick out was Frank. You know, a lot of people remember Fat Frank the promoter, but in the early days of Jersey All Pro, Fat Frank was a hell of a violent wrestler named Lightning Lou Diamond. And uh, as Lightning Lou Diamond, I wrestled Frank many many times. We spilled blood in the arena, you know, making the fans go home happy. And it was always fun to wrestle with Frank because, you know, he, just like me, he wanted to, you know, prove to the world that we were better than, you know, the competitor, and the competitor at the time was CCW, and that we could go out there and, and do all these crazy things and, and, you know, wrap the ring in barbed wire and wrestle with thumbtacks and broken glass and fire. You know, the guy one time ended up in the hospital for like eight hours because he lit his arm on fire during a match, you know, wow. so... It's just so many great stories of Frank the wrestler, but Frank the person, you know, was the guy behind the scenes who gave everybody a break, who who just took care of so many people. It's just I'm I, I'm at a loss for words, bro, and I'm usually not at a loss for words. I could talk about anything for days and weeks, but when it comes to to the sadness that I feel, I'm just at a loss for words. Understandable, man. I I really appreciate you coming on and and you know speaking about Frank. I know you know you were there from day one, and um, it means a lot to me, you know, to have you come on and uh, be part of this. I really appreciate it. I'll, I'll give you a little bit of a story. I met Fat Frank back in 1997 when I was carrying Homicide and Jay Love's bag, and that's not you know to diminish what I've done in the ring, but that's the truth. I came up you know learning respect learning the right ways of the business as Homicide and Jay Lover and Lathan trained me to do and and as a younger guy still paying my dues I had most shame in carrying my trainer's bags and we were at a wrestling show in Masters Queens uh, with uh, Homicide, Jay Lover, Kong Bundy, a whole host of guys and uh, Jerry was in, in the back, Jerry's Jay Lover was in the back and he introduced me to a guy hey look here's this guy is Frank he, he runs JAP I didn't know what J.P. was at the time. I had just had one show under his belt. And here's this scraggly dude with his long hair coming out of his baseball cap, talking about dick and, you know, whipping his dick out and making all sorts of jokes. And, and you know, I'm, I'm like that kind of guy, too. So, like, I immediately, like, gravitated towards him and started talking to him. And he talked about hardcore wrestling and bleeding. And he was a big fan of ECW. And you could actually spot him on some old ECW videos in the crowd. And he brought that style to his, his company. And uh, at one point when Homicide thought I was ready, he said, hey, I know you were looking for a ref, and I had just gotten hurt, so I wasn't wrestling. And uh, Frank said, hey, come on down. Uh, you know, referee my show at the charity hall. First match I ever ref for JAP was Don Montoya versus Reckless Youth, and I'll never forget that. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, Frank gave me a filthy, sweaty, crumbled-up $10 bill. And, and to this day, I have that ten dollar bill somewhere. It was the greatest day of my life because I just lived my dream to get paid what I for what I love to do and what I wanted to do my whole entire life. So, just just this little anecdotes alone show how much Frank, uh, you know, meant to me and just meant to everybody. He gave so many people a break out of his school. Like the Ring of Honor Heavyweight Champion of the World is Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal started his career in Jersey All Pro at the school. 
learning on the Fat Frank, learning on the magic, learning on the homicide. Fat Frank is a guy like Loki who was 145 pounds soaking wet when he started with me, you know, a break and an opportunity, and Loki flourished into an international star. Same thing with homicide. Homicide, people used to call him a fake new jack, and homicide was allowed to flourish as a regular wrestler after he st stopped doing death matches, and, and look at what he's become. So just, you know, I guess Frank's vision was, was one that we didn't see, but that in the end, he helped out all these people become big stars, and it's just unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. And uh, that, that's definitely, um, I think, going to be a you know consistent theme of, of these tributes to Frank is how much he did for guys and, you know, brought in guys that maybe other people didn't give it a chance, and those guys are super stars. Exactly, man. You know, he he built superstars. He built local names, and you know, people walk up to me to this day. Like I was, I did the Nick Cage Invitational show for a GCW the other day, and Wife Beater, who was part of the competition, like I said at the time in CZW, actually, hey, he remembered me. He was like, hey, it's Louis from Jersey All Pro, you know, and that's how I'm remembered by a lot of people. Well, the MSNBC special that that Frank got me on, you know, he. He did so much for so many, and that's—I can't reiterate that enough, man. It's just it, there's not there's not one bad thing I can say about Frank, and, and I'll keep it a hundred. Me and Frank, we had a, a point there where we got it, we had arguments, and we had not disagreements, but a difference of opinion. That happens in friendships, that happens in families, and you know, it was just a matter of. How he wanted to, you know, follow after the there was a ban in the hardcore wrestling for a while in New Jersey. He decided to go a different route, and I was kind of like left behind. And you know, I've made him aware of that. And every so often, he'd bring me back either as a referee. He, he invited me to join the Jersey Old Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame uh, class 2009. So it is it, just even even in having disagreements with the man. He showed his love and, and he showed, you know, how big of a person he was. And even the, not the, the last JAP show, he had uh, contacted me. He's like, hey, I had just recently retired. He was like, hey, man, you know, your JAP's your home. I want you to come and wrestle match that I got, street fight match that I got. So I ended up working the show. And it, it just goes to show you how great of a person Frank was. He didn't hold no grudges. He never held any arguments for too long. He just. He did his thing, and he loved everybody, man. Absolutely, man. Well, you know, thank you for coming on. I, I really appreciate it. And um, we're going to try to, you know, fit in as many of these guys as we can. So, um, again, Louie, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Anytime. Thank you so much. And, again, I wish it was under different circumstances. But I know Frank is smiling down upon us, and he's enjoying these words and these tributes that are pouring out from everybody around the scene. All right, man. Have a good night. Have a, have have a good, good night, night brother. Thank you. Good night, brother. Thank you. So there you go. There is Low Life Louie. You there, Pierre? Yeah, I'm here. All right. Yeah, so, um, That's you know. another guy. You see what I'm saying? That's another guy that Frank and another guy that doesn't have a bad thing to say about him. You know, like Louie even said, there's so many guys that Frank gave that shot to and believed in and took the ball and ran with it and even ran further with it and went everywhere, everywhere they had to go 
or do to get where they're at today. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, another, you know, quick story I want to tell about, you know, Frank's just generosity overall to fans and just just realizing that, you know, the loyal fans have value. I mean, there, there's a value to a loyal fan, and, and, you know, to show a little bit of generosity really goes a long way. And, um, you know, the same show, this this past show that I uh, did ringside photography on, um, I, I guess he had a, a front row seat open up. Maybe someone didn't show up or whatever the case was. Front row seat was open. He went to the top of the bleachers where Whack Packer Hogan was sitting, told him come down and gave him that front row seat. You know, that that's a guy that's been going loyally to Jersey All-Pro. And, I mean, if you look at – Blackpacker Hogan schedule. This guy attends like every single company's sh- every show. I mean, it, yeah, it, he's as loyal. He's as loyal as a fan gets. This guy's schedule is is fuller than probably most wrestlers on the independent scene. And um, <laughs> you know, Frank went out of his way to go get that loyal fan from the top of the bleachers and bring him down and put him in a you know a front row seat. Not only is it a good, you know, look as a businessman because, hey, you know, what's it going to look like on camera if you got a bunch of open front row seats? And that that house was packed, so there wasn't a whole lot of space. But, you know, he put a guy up front that not only, you know, helped fill up the front row, but a loyal fan and it showed appreciation. And I know it meant a lot to Hogan, too. Of course. Like I said, Frank was just that type of guy, you know, and I'll say it. Again and again and again, if you had the opportunity to have Frank be a part of your life or be your friend, you know what I'm saying? It was just, you know, he was one of a kind. And like you said, look, he went out of his way, you know, for somebody that's just a fan, you know, no outside relations with Frank, you know, no friendship with Frank, just a fan. And Frank went out of his way for it. And that's the way Frank was, you know, even with family. Frank would, you know, Frank was the type of guy that would make sure somebody else was all right before he was. You know, he'd, give, he'd go out of his way for somebody before anything, you know. And here, I'll, I'll share a quick story with you. You know, I, I talked before about Frank always calling me early in the morning. And, you know, Frank is notorious for calling you 100,000 times. Well, Frank mm-hmm. would always call me a million times throughout the day. He would call Angel a million times throughout the day, Jeff a million times throughout the day, even his own wife a million times throughout the day. Recently, my mother was diagnosed with a second part of having cancer. Frank, knowing that and knowing my mom, because my mom was a big part of the charity hall days because she ran a concession stand, you know, instead of getting that 100,000 phone calls a day, I was getting 200,000 phone calls a day. You know, it was just that, you know, just a call, hey, my frere, are you all right? Everything okay? You know, I know it's rough right now for you. You know, just to, you know, even just calling to see if you needed to talk or anything like that. He was just that type of person, you know, that would make sure somebody else was okay before he was. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he he was definitely a special guy. And, I mean, it. you know, whether it be from a friendship level, which you knew more than anybody else, to a, you know, professional level, which we're hearing a lot of people from, to a fan level. I mean, he... He touched everybody, and you know everybody he interacted with definitely saw what you know what Frank Frank was all yeah, about. Yeah, me, 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 Frank, and Jeff. You know we're the three mains for Jersey All Pro Wrestling. You know, and he was mine and Jeff's best friend. All three, we used to call ourselves the Three Amigos because we always did everything together. You know, 
go to Atlantic City, go here, go there, you know. And it's it's crazy because, you know, it's not only a big loss that I took, you know, not being able to talk to my friend anymore. Jeff, the same way, you know, his wife, Jen, the kids, you know, he was just such a great guy, you know. And, and like I said, even sitting here talking to you, I, I still shed a tear here and there. You know, I myself, yeah. you know, the other day I was just sitting in my truck and I'm like, you know, wow. You know, Frank, you know, you got to elaborate on the good, the memories, the good memories you have with him. And it was no bad memories. So every memory is a good memory with Frank. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, that that's another thing I definitely want to put out there because, um, you know, there, there's a lot of a lot of stuff that goes around, and I'm not gonna, you know, go over to, over the top as I normally do on my show about the different GoFundMe's and this and that. But you want to talk about, you know, an actual cause and something that means something, you know, um, you know, for for a family to lose the father, you know, the head of the household, suddenly, I mean, it, it's. It's such a tremendous blow. I mean, it's something that I, I can't even wrap my head around. You, you can't possibly imagine something that happens like that. This isn't something, you know, brought on by himself. I mean, this is this is something that that's a tragic, you know, happening. That um and a shock. It's just, it's shocking. You know, it, it's like wham. It's just right. Like I said, it, it doesn't even feel real. I got that phone call. I was like, you know, I was hoping I was in a nightmare and I was just going to wake up and it was a joke. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, so there is a GoFundMe page. And if, you you know, you go on Pierre's page or um, you can go on the Yakuza Kick radio page. I'm sure it's somewhere on my wall as well. Um, you know, donate anything you got. Because, I mean, that, that's, a, that's a huge blow to a family to lose. And you if know, you can't donate you can do us a big favor by sharing. You know, if you can't donate, share the page. You know, we're just trying to get it out there. You know, it's something we want to do. You know, November 14th is now, you know, it's our big anniversary show, which is now, it's it's a memorial show for Frank. You know, that's that's another big thing. You know, we, we're, we're gearing up. It was such a big show, and Frank poured his heart and soul into you know, getting everything together for this for November 19th. And yet, yes, it is our 19th year anniversary show, but now it's, it's our fat Frank show. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it means so much, so, so much. And, you know, that night is going to be real special. We're going to try to do a lot of things in memory of Frank, you know, November 14th, you know, is going to be, if there's any JAP show that you need to be at, November 14th is the JAP show you need to be at. That is a show for Frank. That's his memorial show. It's going to be a very special night, and that's going to we're going to continue the legacy that night of what Fat Frank wanted. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, talking to Frank, you know, going into the show and leading up and every announcement he made, you know, when he booked that low-key Rey Mysterio match, uh, I mean, it was, he was holding on to that secret for a little while, and it, you could tell yes, it was, he was burning him up. Every day he'd say, oh, man, I can't wait. He set a certain date, and he said, you know, this day, on this hour, I'm going to, you know, release possibly the biggest dream match of all times. I mean, again, you know, he was so excited about what he was doing as if it was his first day doing it. You know, it, yep. it didn't – the business didn't get old on him. It, it was still as exciting, and, you know, he had the passion for it. And – um I mean, there's there's nothing more you could do than than pack this 
this house is ranked. I mean, he, he put the yeah. product on there. This, you know, uh, there may be charity involved in it, but you're getting the best show on earth as far as I'm concerned. So, um, yes. It, and it's a special night, you know, it's, it's, it's there for him. And like you said, it, it never got, it never got old with Frank, you know, it wasn't just like, Oh, it's just another, another month, another show, you know, let me go. Every show he was excited about, you know, one, Frank was funny. He would, he would always say, you know, one of his things was, he's like, you know, oh, I stop everything, wrestling first and everything else second. And we used to laugh. We'd say, you know, Frank, you would stop anything you're doing in a heartbeat to make sure the show would go on or to announce something for the show. And he'd say, yep, wrestling first, wrestling first. <laughs> he just loved doing yeah. what he did. And, he, you know, it was a big part of him. You know, it was like, uh, it was like his... Um, his big, you know, dream and, you know, and going so far, like if you go throughout the years and look, you know, what Jersey all pro did, I mean, from our first anniversary show all the way up to this show, I mean, we, we as Jersey all pro wrestling, you can basically say we done it all. We worked with WWE doing signings on our anniversary shows. We worked with WCW doing signings on our anniversary show. We worked with ECW using booking guys, having guys on our anniversary show. We worked with TNA. We brought New Japan Pro Wrestling to the States and did a three-day show of shows. Yeah. You know, it's like we we did Jersey All Pro Wrestling did a lot of things that a lot of wrestling companies wish they could have done and we we done it and you know it was all because frank had the vision me jeff and frank got together and we just you know made it happen we reunited the four horsemen and their manager jj dillon we had macho man savage yeah. we had stone cold steve austin at our anniversary show signing autographs that saturday and sunday night on a pay-per-view we won the heavyweight title we had yokozuna yeah. the wild samoans we had the who's who of wrestling at that time Anytime we did an anniversary show, we had the top talent in, the top guys. And you know what? A lot of our guys sat there and, you know, poured their heart and soul into the show, too. And, you know, it made Jersey All Pro Wrestling what Jersey All Pro Wrestling was and is. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing that a lot of people don't realize because it's become, you know, such a common thing that, well, you're signed to the WWE, you can't touch the indies. Jersey All Pro existed before all that was in place, and you had your Stone Cold Steve Austin in a Jersey All-Pro building on a Saturday and a WWE pay-per-view on a Sunday. Um, you know, Macho Man Randy Savage was able to be brought in when, um, according to Fat Frank, when he was on the show, he said he seemed to think Jim Cornette had a lot to do with the um, the block being put on as far as the WWE. So you guys took another direction. You worked with WCW. And, you know, Macho Man Randy Savage in the building. So it's just amazing what Jersey All-Pro has been able to do over the years. And, you know, when everything became pretty much impossible to book any TV names, Jersey All-Pro stuck to their true identity and their homegrown talent that all became superstars. And and a lot of them winded up on the WWE and those things. So, you know, it's amazing what they've done over the years. And it couldn't have happened, you know, without that, Frank, and, and yourself. Exactly, and Jeff, you know, and it's crazy that yep. you bring that up about yep. Stones, Cold Steve Austin, and I did earlier. That first anniversary show, if you look at it, okay, we had guys from WWE, 
guys from WCW, guys from ECW, and the homegrown talent of Jersey All Pro Wrestling. So you had three of the top major companies at the time in the building and Jersey All Pro Wrestling guys, and we put on one hell of a show. Where have you seen that done before? Now you see these conventions being done. They're guys that are either not contracted no more or contracted to like a Legends deal where they can come in and do an autograph signing or they're retired, they're not wrestling no more. At that time, we had the top talent in the building all at one time and put on one hell of an anniversary show. Now, like you said, if it wasn't for Frank, myself, and Jeff, you know what I mean? It was just it, the things we've done have just been amazing for the world of wrestling, especially the independent scene. And like you said, Absolutely. a lot of our guys that broke their ass, you know, starting in a little company with a little idea that a fat man had with two other guys, you know, we've come a long way. And a lot of these guys came a long way to get where they're at. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a great example of that is is Charlie Haas. So uh, I got a Charlie Haas here, and I'm going to play this now. I'd like to introduce to the show, Charlie Haas. How you doing, man? I am I'm doing good. I wish we were speaking on different circumstances right now, but, uh, you know, it, it is um, I'm doing the best I can. How are you guys? Doing all right. Um, yeah, you know, I definitely wanted to have you on. Uh, you know, you're an old-school Jersey All-Pro guy, and obviously with the passing of Fat Frank, I wanted to get you on and get your thoughts, you know, and, and remembering uh, of Fat Frank. You know, um, yeah, man, I mean... It's hard to believe because we're, we're we are roughly we're born the same year birth year so we're both uh, the same age and uh, I was just shocked I mean floored when um, somebody sent me a text saying hey I'm sorry about Frank and I was at work and I'm like Frank and I'm thinking who and then I'm like you know what Frank I know is uh, is Fat Frank and then um man I went right to Facebook and it was just blown up everywhere and I called Pierre and I think I just started crying man I just. Uh, he played such a pivotal role in my life at that time, and uh, I can honestly say, um, you know, I went through Iron Mike Sharp School of Wrestling down in Asbury Park for about 10 months, my brother and I did, but if it wasn't for Frank and Pierre and Jeff and Jersey All-Pro, if it wasn't for them, they would never, I mean, we would, I would never have been able to have the career I had. Um, there never would have been a Haas Brothers, uh, much less still moving on to you know, world's greatest tag team or uh, team angle. Um, right. I, I mean, it, Frank. Um, so people, let me take you back. So when I broke into wrestling, it was like '96. The Monday Night Wars were huge. ECW was blowing up everywhere. Um, I, I found a school um, that I could I could afford right out of college. Um, you know, so I was able to go to Iron Mike Sharp School. We did that for about ten months. But then we ran into what was probably called Jersey at that time was probably so heavy with independence, maybe even the whole Northeast. But it was they had there was such a stranglehold by NWA New Jersey with Dennis Carluzzo, and, mm-hmm. um, and if you weren't in that clique, you could not get in get booked anywhere to wrestle. Um, we found out the hard way. You know, I remember trying to do uh, we got invited to go do a show my brother and I and we had to sell tickets to get on the show and we sold a bunch of tickets for Donnie D um, 
and uh, we showed up. We had all our fraternity brothers, family show up, and they said they signed up for them on the show for a tag team. You know, but they were able to take our tickets anyways. And um, so then in comes uh, another tag team that were they're really good friends. And they're like, hey, you guys want to wrestle tonight? We got room on the show. So it was it was right then and there. My brother and I found out the hardware. Like, man, you really got to know somebody. You know, and I, I didn't fault Donnie me and them. I mean, we were angry because we sold the tickets and all our friends showed up and we couldn't wrestle. But, you know, it, it was there that we were like, well, what are we going to do? And, um, like, how are we going to even, you know, we spent all this money, we went to the school, how are we going to get noticed? And if it wasn't for Fat Frank and somebody telling us to go to a Jersey All-Pro show, talk to Fat Frank, which we did, and we introduced ourselves. And, you know, we started going to his school. He kind of... You know, he took me and my brother, saw what we learned from Iron Mike's um, school, and then he uh, put us, you know, started putting tag team moves for us together. And he's like, man, you guys just need to be the Haas Brothers, amateur wrestlers from Seton Hall. And he started booking us on shows. And, you know, and he was the only one that took a chance that booked us. I mean, I think our first show was the same, you know, it was the first show Homicide wrestled on, Low Key, Steve Mack. Uh, Danny Moff came in later, but I mean, it was like, you know, I guess we were kind of like the outlaws or the, the misfits that no one wanted to take a chance on, and then, you know, Frank's the one that invited us in, and he's the one that gave us our chance, you know, and that's when Jersey All-Pro really, man, it, it started blowing up, you know, I mean, it was, it was, to be there at that time, you know, perfect timing, the stars were aligned, it was just something I'll never forget, it was something that I will always cherish, um, I look back on the tapes, I cherish the time of uh, my brother, you know, being with my brother, you know, building, you know, the Haas brother legacy before that, that ended so abruptly. But, uh, you know, if it wasn't for, like I said, Frank working with us and Pierre and Jeff and them taking a chance on us, I was, I would, I would never have been able to do what I was able to accomplish in wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Frank, sorry it's uh, a little long-winded, man. I'm sorry it's a little long-winded, but I mean... I mean, it's a, you know, I mean, like, that's how much he impacted my life. Like, I, I mean, if I, I, I look at it this way, if he's the one that, you know, that took Russ and I, that helped us, and then he's the one that said, hey, man, you guys are getting really too good. You guys need to branch out and go elsewhere. We're like, well, where? You need to go down and see Jim Ketner. You got to get in the ECWA. You got to get down there. You know, right. um, we went down there, and Ketner, he pushed us down there, and he, he went down there with us. And Ketner loved Fat Frank, and he's like, they're respectful. He goes, no. He goes, oh, and Ketner always said, always give credit to those that helped you along the way as you climb this ladder. And we always did that. But, I mean, you know, Frank, he, I remember talking to him after a show. He's like, you're going to make it. You and your brother are going to be, you're going to go to the top. And we're like, no, nah, that's not going to be you're going to. Because I can tell. Because you, you got it. You know, and he goes, you got to get down there with Ketner down there. And he's got, he's going to, he, that's where you need to be right now. And, you know, we got down there, and that's when Kevin Kelly was down there with them, with WWF at the time, and, you know, but it was Frank pushing us out the door, pushing us there, and, you know, him giving us our start for us to end up, you know, with developmental contracts, you know, and then, fortunately, my brother died in the developmental system, but it was able for me to move on and to fulfill that brotherhood dream, you know, in the WWE for 10 years, and I also look at it this way, if Frank didn't push me, I would never have met my wife, and we would never have had the four kids that we have, you know. It's like, uh, right. you know, I mean, that walking through the door of Jersey All-Pro, like I said, shaped my life, you know. It really did. And it, it, it really, it, it shaped it. Because I mean, if I didn't do it, there's no telling who I'd be or what I'd be doing or, you know, if I'd even be married to Jackie or, you know. It, it's, 
it's crazy how someone can have that much of an impact on your life, you know. And I owe it all to him. So. Yeah, absolutely. Frank's vision for talent is incredible. And, you know, it speaks for itself when you look at the guys that came out of, you know, like Frank gave a chance to and where they ended up, so. And I'll tell you what, man, and now I'll tell you a funny story. Um, so the whole time we're working for Jersey All-Pro, I, you know, my brother would always go get the money, get the pay. And he's like, hey, man, I got our pay, man. And I saw it, I'd get it. And it was like, you know, we weren't, you're starting off. You're not making much, you know. And I'm like, I had $25, you know. But, you know, we both had real jobs out of college. You know, we had our degrees. and I, So I was just doing it for the experience and just to climb up the ladder, you know, to get to where, whether it was WCW or WWE or ECW. And, uh, and I'm like, man, she wore Jersey Alpro for about a year. And I'm like, man, I go, you know, I'm looking at, here in low key and homicide and everything like 50 bucks a match, 75 bucks a match. Go, How come we're still only making 25? And he goes, I don't know, man. He just that's what he's giving us. So, um, you know, years later after Russ died, um, after my first run with the WWE, um, I went back for uh, to, I went back to um, Jersey All Pro and I asked Frank, and I'm like, Frank, man, I go, you know, it doesn't matter, but how come you never gave us a higher pay? You always, uh, kept us to 25 when everyone else was getting paid more. He's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, nah, man. I go, Russell, you only give Russ and I 25 bucks a piece. And he's like, that's bullshit. He goes, I'm never going to take the Haas brothers over. He goes, I was giving you guys 100 bucks each. He goes, thing you didn't know about, your brother was taking 75 and giving you the 25. He was making 175 and you never knew better. So, and I was like, and I was like, and you never told me? He goes, no, we all knew. We were laughing. We thought it was hilarious. And, you know, Frank, fuck it. And I, can I, what can I do? Russ is, you know, is passed by now. He's, in, he's, you know, he's, you know, he's in heaven. And, and Frank and, I, and I'm like, that son of a bitch pulled a rib on me. And I go, now both him and Frank are up there laughing their asses off while you're probably talking about it. But so if they get this podcast where it happened, when I get up to heaven, I'm punching them both right in the mouth. Fucking like, <laughs> screwing me on my, my money. So. But, uh, yeah, that was something uh, Frank and I always brought up. We always laughed about. He's like, yeah, I was giving you 100 each. You know, your brother was taking 75, giving you 25. He's walking away with 175, and he kept saying, ah, fuck Charlie. He doesn't need it. He's fucking got a job. Fuck him. So, but, uh, yeah, but, I mean, that was one of the, you know, that, that's just one of many stories, uh, you know. But uh, I, I tell you, man, I never, I mean, I got the videotapes of Russ and I just starting in um, the, the training school at Jersey All-Pro and Frank in there and us working with guys that he had students in there and having us do these, these moves over and over and over. And, I mean, uh, it, and a lot of it was a lot of the stuff that we went ahead and transitioned to the hospital. There's a lot of our moves, acrobats and stuff, you know. But uh, like I said, man, I owe it all to Frank. If it wasn't for him, it, I, I, my life wouldn't be where it is right now. I mean, and I, and I sincerely mean that from the bottom of my heart. Like when I heard of his passing, I got, I got, I, I, you know, I just started crying. It was like as if when my brother cried and then my brother died, you know. And uh, that's another thing I'll never forget is when Russ died and they did the Russ Haas uh, memorial show. And um, and I remember Frank's voice just so, like they brought everybody out and he's in the ring and, and the um, guy, man, I still freaks me up talking about. I hear Frank grabbing that mic and he goes, you know, we're here today to honor one of our own and he just started crying and it was just, you know, that voice he had, like, you know, it's like he always wanted to be a 
you know, color of play by, you know, play by play guy, a color guy. Like, you know, I thought he would have been great. Could have been like the next Joey Styles. Like, you know, he was so good on the mic, and you know, and he, he would have been awesome. But uh, yeah. you know, that tribute show, you know, it really. I mean, if it wasn't for him and Pierre and Jeff, I mean, they raised so much money for Deidre at the time, and uh, you know, they were there. Like I said, it was one of our own. We were family. We got our start, you know, and. Uh, and I will always like man, I always love them for it. All three of them, I really do. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, you know, I really appreciate you being a part of this. Um, you know, Frank deserves the best, and uh, you know, you guys he are, does. you know, major part of what Jersey All Pro is all about. And uh, you know, it was Frank's vision that got you guys there, and and you guys just never let him down. I mean, you guys went out there and did exactly what he saw. You know, I just, uh, I mean. <laughs> Man, I, like I said, man, he was just one of a kind. What he had on talent and, uh, and what he knew, he was, uh, I mean, he was really, he had a larger-than-life personality. He wore his heart on his sleeve. I mean, he could be crude. He could, you know, like like someone said, you know, he had a mouth that, you know, comedians would bow down to. Like, he was, he, they threw away the mold. There was no one better. Uh, he, he called it like he saw it. He wasn't afraid to back down from anybody. And, uh, I mean, like, man, he was just a true, true human being. And I, and I, will, I will personally miss him. Um, and I just want to thank him for everything he ever did. Like I said, he shaped my life, and he played such a pivotal role in what defined me. And, uh, and I just, my heart goes out for his children and his wife, Jen. And uh, it's just, uh, you know, it, it, I don't know if it'll ever get easy, you know, but, you know, time... You know, they say time heals all wounds. I, I don't. I don't think that really is true because I still grieve for my brother all the time. But uh, I just got to say that you know he's he's here in spirit. His memory and legacy that he left behind will be able to be generations for people to talk about. You know, so and I, and I will truly really miss him, man. I loved him. I really did. I loved him like you. Absolutely, man. Well, you know, thank you for coming on again. Like I said, um, you know, it wouldn't be the same without guys like you on the show. So um, I, I really appreciate it, man. No problem. I uh, thank you guys so much. And uh, one more thing I got to say, if it wasn't for uh, Frank, Pierre, and Jeff, uh, there would never been a Team Angle reunion last year. And uh, they were the ones that pulled it off and uh, packed that house 2,000 people plus, you know. So, uh, you know, kind of started my career there and almost it's almost like come to an end. And what better way, uh, you know, start with your brother and then end up finishing with uh, the Team Angle reunion. And uh, I got to thank them for that. So, yeah. You guys, thank you for having me on. Sorry it was so long-winded. I could go on for hours. He's such a good human being, and um, I just feel truly be missed. So, thank you, guys. You're very welcome, man. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Have a good night. Yeah, so there's, like I said, a great example of a guy who was a superstar that, you know, Frank saw the talent in very young, and you, you see – you know, when Frank saw something in the guys, you know, they went out there and point right, you know, time in and time out. And, and Charlie Haas is a classic example of that. Oh, yes. What can, what could you not say about the Haas brothers? I mean, Charlie and Russ were um, 
were were just two phenomenal guys, man. You know, it's so sad that Russ passed at such an early age. I mean, I believe if Russ was still living, forget about it. They'd be still tearing, you know, Charlie and Russ would be tearing up the tag team scene in the WWE. I mean, they were just, you know, Charlie, phenomenal guy. I mean, I, I love him like a brother. You know, I still talk to him like every other day, you know, he never forgot where he came from. Russ, I mean, we miss him dearly. He was, you know, Russ, like, you know, Charlie said, loved Ribbon too. And, you know, doing that to Charlie, it was so funny because all of us knew what was going on that Charlie did. And, <laughs> you know, a quick thing about Russ. Russ was, you know, I, I, I managed the Haas Brothers for a long time in Jersey Opera Wrestling. And, you know, it was, Russ was just, it's hard to explain. Russ was just Russ. I mean, he's another guy that would, you know, he'd love to have a good time. You know, big thing was, is, you know, when we were coming out, Charlie always wanted to come out to like a big country song or something like that. And Russ would always change the music and tell the DJ, um, you know, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to, uh, we're going to come out. He'd hand the DJ another, you know, another tape and say, no, no, no play this. This is what we're going to come out to. And one of Russ's favorite things was IKMF. And IKMF stands for I Kill Motherfuckers. <laughs> that was one of his favorite sayings when he was going out to the ring. But you're right. You know, the Haas brothers never forgot where they came from. Charlie never forgot where he came from. They were they were such a phenomenal team. And, you know, why nobody ever took that chance with them like we did is beyond me because look at where they went. I mean, and look at Charlie alone. I mean, you know... They were two guys that got it, you know. It was like, like I said about Jay Lethal earlier, you know, when you get it and you know what you're doing, man, and you are 110% into what you're doing, look where it brings you. Homicide, Loki, Haas Brothers, Jay Lethal. The list just goes on and on and on and on. And like you said, Frank had that eye for talent and was not afraid to take a chance on somebody. And the Haas brothers, you know, they were just, you know, they were another one, one of a kind, man. It was such a great tag team. Russ was such a great guy. Charlie's such a great guy. I mean, I'll say it again. If Russ was still living, I believe him and Charlie would be the top tag team in the world. Yeah. Yeah, very, very possible. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Jersey All-Pro has really done so much. And, um, you know, some of the – most uh i want to say at least feared wrestlers on the on the east coast would be your low keys your hit squad i mean it, it was just a group of guys that you knew that like man you're standing across the ring from this guy or you know even at you know from a fan standpoint you know we'd know that man low keys in the ring <laughs> shit's gonna go down you know this this was a, a musty match you know, low key versus blank. You knew there was going to be fireworks. Uh, so, um, yeah, I, I guess with that segue, I'm going to go into low key. I like to welcome to the show, low key. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. No problem, man. It's really great to have you. Um, I know you're a long time Jersey All Pro guy, and um, obviously with the passing of Fat Frank. I'd love to hear you know your thoughts and and memories of Frank. Wow, yeah, it's it's surreal right now. Um, we I've known Frank since 1997. Yeah, 1997. I was introduced to him by Homicide, 
a person who began my training as well as Steve, Steve Max. And um, it, it was just, I mean, I'm, I'm still in shock as many others are as well that we're, we're kind of hoping, you know, he's going to pop out of somewhere and just be like, guys, I'm just kidding. But we know the fact that that's not true. And knowing Frank for so long, he had a reputation as, okay, that's Fat Frank, the promoter. But he never led with the bravado that a lot of people in that type of position carry. It's very common now, but he never was a person who did that. He was very welcoming. I mean, he was very authentic, I think is the best the best way to 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 uh, describe Frank. Amidst all the chaos in Jersey All-Pro, he was always very real to everyone that he spoke to. He was very welcoming to Monster Mac and I, Homicide. We had great relationships with him. It wasn't the wrestler and promoter relationship. It was man-to-man, person-to-person, just human-to-human. That was how he came across. And he was a master of one-liners. He was a master. He knew how to use words in a funny way to describe things. And he would exaggerate them and make them extremely funny. Like I remember him him describing one time, uh, I believe uh, an ex-girlfriend of mine, and he goes, oh, low-key, you're going to go home and go get romantical. Like he just had an, he had an affinity for creating words on the spot. And it would just lighten the mood no matter where you were. I mean, obviously, he had an affinity for food. There were plenty of times that we, we'd go to Philly after some Jersey All-Pro shows or even uh, prior to Jersey All-Pro getting deep into it, we'd go and uh, see ECW in Philly. But we'd always end up at Tony Luke's. Frank was the person to introduce us to Tony Luke's in Philly. And I fell in love with the place, especially as a, a 20-year-old person who was highly, highly trained and always hungry. Frank introduced yeah. us to Tony Lutz, and we'd go out there and just pig out. But that's what he did. He made it almost like a family environment, and he surrounded everything around food because that was something for everyone. And, I mean, it just, it's, it's still, I'm in disbelief that it happened. But the cool part about it was Frank, again, never carried himself with the bravado of a person in his position. He treated people like people. He loved the family atmosphere. And it was unique because considering what we do, we don't necessarily share that, especially at that time in the late 2000s. That wasn't necessarily a very close-knit type of environment. It was very cutthroat. And... When it came to Frank, he never had that around him. He never welcomed that around him. And just the the way that he carried himself, very funny, very descriptive, and just very authentic. And I mean, we're just we're just gonna miss him. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, you know, a reoccurring thing with um, Fat Frank and all the stories I've been getting is Frank left everybody with stories. Uh, do you have any mm-hmm. Fat Frank stories you could share? 
<laughs> Not, <laughs> there are certain ones I'd rather avoid because he had an affinity for grossing people out. Right. And uh, I'm sure some people would not want to hear things of that nature, but he just he had a, a an affinity for the extremism of situations, and he loved to push the envelope. Um, <laughs> I don't people who would remember the original Jersey All Pro out of Bayonne, out of Charity Hall, would remember Jay Lover. He him and Jay Lover always had these ongoing pranks going back and forth with one another, and. Without going into too many details, Frank would always get the upper hand. And <laughs> it was to the point where he just had everyone shaking their heads like, all right, Frank, you got this one. But he did it in a way that no matter how gross it may have been, it was amongst the boys, amongst the guys, you know, just goofing around. It was never malicious. It was never anything... You know, meant to hurt anybody is always done in good fun, good natured, and whether it be in Philadelphia and the Holiday Inn, whether in Charity Hall and Bayonne, whether in Rahway, New Jersey, I mean, Frank was such a welcoming person. One of the things that always stood with me was, I believe it was 98, he welcomed us to his home for a barbecue. That was something he always loved doing. And at that time, I was unaccustomed to that time in our profession. I wasn't used to it. And when I saw that from Frank, that, it just, it opened up my eyes that not everybody is cutthroat. Not everybody, especially in our realm, not everybody behaves the same way. He was rather unique in the fact of his position and his environment. But he led with that authentic, welcoming vibe that he always had. It didn't matter what the person looked like. It didn't matter what the person's background was. He was welcoming, and the minute he welcomed you, that was it. I mean, you were in. But he didn't do it for everyone in the sense of welcoming everyone to his house. And to me, that was a very important thing because you don't welcome just anyone into your home. And that, I mean, these are barbecues that we had. It's homicide and... Uh, Monster Mac and Kane D, Chino Martinez, you know, this was a family-like atmosphere with a bunch of misfits, uh, like a lot of people like to put it. He gave them a chance. He welcomed them in. And he just treated them like people. Yeah. And it was beautiful to see the people who showed up to pay their last respects to Frank because that was... That was very, uh, very heartwarming to see that the respect was returned, and I mean it was it was surreal to see for one, but more importantly, just the the respect that was given out by Frank was returned for the men and women who came to pay their respects, and and Frank was he was truly one of a kind. You have a, you know, I had Homicide on, and, you know, he talked about mm -hmm. the different things that, um, you know, Frank had brought in Liger for him. Um, you know, he wanted mm -hmm. funk. He gave him funk. Um, you had been, you know, a big, you know, top of the car Jersey All Pro guy for a long time. You, you were one of Frank's guys. Um, mm -hmm. Were any of those moments that, you know, stuck out to you, the guys that, I mean, you, you got Ray Mysterio coming up. Um, mm -hmm. 
you know, were there any of those moments, too, that, you know, he went out there and got that guy for you? It was a special moment. I believe it was 2000 or 2001. He allowed Monster Mac and I to headline a JAP event. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're family. So to grow up, to go into this profession, and to go out and perform as a headliner, that was very special. Because he trusted us to go out there and do what we do best. At that time, that wasn't necessarily something that people trusted us to do. Frank, he he would give people chances, and he wouldn't, you know, he he wouldn't moan about it, complain about it, or nothing like that. He'd let it happen, and then, you know, whatever the result may be, it is. But he would give people chances, and to me, I thought that was very special because he didn't have to do that. This was his his environment. This is his you know his ball, his rules. He can do what he wants as the owner. However, he trusted us enough to give us that spot, and to go out there and to perform with family in that type of environment at the time. What was the the main attraction was all the hardcore stuff. Sure. However, we went out there and were allowed to wrestle. And he never forced us. He never demanded anything of us that we couldn't do or was... He never demanded anything unreasonable. He never requested anything really out of us other than show up and go out and do your thing. So Frank is... I mean, he's very unique in this particular realm. And in regards to Rey Mysterio, he had been working on that for over a year. Yeah. And I remember the day he called me up and and told me about it and you know we we spoke about it very happy about it and you know for it to occur without him it hurts but there's a bigger goal in mind now is to go out there and tear the place down to honor Frank and that's the only thing we can do at this point because that was his it's like his last his last arrangement and he knew how important that was to me. He knew how important it was to JAP. He was intent on getting it done, and he went and got it done. No questions asked, no BS, no nonsense. He got it done. And again, it's just the the ethic that he carried is just something uncommon. And especially with a name like Fat Frank, people will jump to conclusions, and you know the they'll form an opinion without even knowing anything about him. However, he was a very, he was a very, uh, excuse me, he had a lot of integrity. And he, he never, he never shied away from it. He always spoke um, directly to people or with people. And he was very approachable. So, I mean, just the, the humanity behind Frank was very welcoming, very surprising, and I mean, I, I don't really think that there'll be another one like him, especially considering that the nature of what we do has changed. So I mean, very special, very unique, and I do I do believe he was one of a kind. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Look, yeah, I, I really appreciate you coming on. I really wish it was under better circumstances. And, um, you know, it wouldn't, 
Mike. wouldn't be a tribute to Fat Frank without, you know, Fat Frank's guys such as yourself on. So I really do appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. And just if we can leave anyone with anything in regards to Frank, it's he was a man of surprising integrity. He was a good man. He was flawed just like anyone else, but he was a good man. And I think with uh, with us moving forward without him, it's going to be it's going to be different, a lot different. But the spirit will live on, and we're just going to go out there and honor him the best way we can. Absolutely. So there you go. There is low key. Um, you know, uh, I, when I had Frank on, I asked him about low key because uh, you know low key is a guy who's gotten a reputation as you know maybe hard to work <laughs> with and this and that. And uh, Frank said, "Hey man, don't get me wrong. Uh, there's sometimes I work with low key. I, I want to rip my head off and kick it, but <laughs> low key was always you know his guy. And, and when it came down to it, you know everything ended up working out and and." You know, he was Jersey All-Pro through and through. Yes, he was. Like I said, you know, what can you say about Loki? Another phenomenal talent. Another guy that always went out there, gave 110%, you know, in all of his matches from, you know, his single matches, if we use them in tag matches, from the strong style thugs gimmick we did years ago, you know, mm-hmm. him, Homicide, all these guys that you're hearing from tonight, Not not a bad word they can say about Frank only good times, good stories, you know, and, you know, Loki's Loki, you know, and we're looking forward to November 14th where, you know, Frank's big match that he wanted and he couldn't wait to pull the trigger on it and let everybody know, which will be Loki versus Rey Mysterios. You know, having Jersey All Pro Wrestling meant so much to Frank, myself, and Jeff. You know, it was a thing, you know, a lot of these promoters and wrestlers, you know, it's their life, you know, and that's how it was with Frank. You know, it was when we got down to business, it was time for business. You know, you get that phone call where he'd call me, we three-way to Jeff, we get all of this together, all these crazy, wacky ideas of doing this, that, the other thing, and, you know, let's make it happen. And, you know, sometimes it sounded so far-fetched and like, you know what, yeah, if we could do that, that would be great, but we don't even know yet. And then turn around and say, well, that if just turned into we're doing it, you know? And yeah. like I said, you would call Jeff, then he would call Frank, Frank would call me. And it was just, you know, it was so much fun. And we always look forward to that day. And, you know, the funny story with Frank is, is um, Frank uh, always had to pull over and go to the bathroom, always had to take <laughs> a shit. And like you heard from uh, Scott earlier when they were talking Frank bring him into his office, which he would always, in the charity hall, he always liked using the woman's room. And here, I'll give you a funny story from Frank. Uh, one day I receive a text from Frank. He's like, yo, I'm going to call you in about two seconds. So, I, you know, I reply, okay. He calls me up. He goes, my frere, you're not going to believe this. He's like, I'm driving, I'm working. I had a shit so bad. He goes, I pull over, and I run into, uh, I think he said it was Home Depot. He goes, I ran into Home Depot, ran right into the bathroom. I'm sitting down. I'm shitting. I'm farting loud. I'm shitting and everything. He goes, all of a sudden, I hear a pair of high heels walking into the bathroom. Then I hear another pair, and I hear these two women talking. He goes, fuck, man. I'm inside the woman's room. How the hell am I going to get out of here? 
And it's so <laughs> funny because he's whispering on the phone to me. He's like, what the hell am I going to do? I said, well, the only thing I could think you could do is wipe your ass and walk out and say, sorry, ladies. Sure enough, what did he do? <laughs> Calls me. He goes, all right, I'll be calling you right back. Calls me back 10 minutes later. He goes, you know, I wiped my ass. I walked out of there. He goes, thank God there was no women in the bathroom at the time, but there was two women walking in. It's just, you know, Frank was one of a kind to do something crazy like that. I'm sure you guys seen his videos on his Facebook. Um, ugh, video after video. One of my favorites is, I don't know if you've seen it, and it was kind of like a recent video, I would say, within the last six to eight weeks was uh, him shitting in a port of sand. That's one yeah. fucking thing that he hated the most. Uh, to go to the bathroom in a port of sand or to go to the bathroom and it only had one stall. Frank needed a bathroom with multiple stalls or it just wouldn't be right. And in the video that he put up in the port of sand, he's shitting and you can hear the rain coming down so hard. And I think he's screaming out, motherfucking flood ass going to float away in the port of sand as I'm taking his shit ass. You know, it, <laughs> yep. he was just, you know, he was he was always on point with whatever he did. And even like Loki yep. said, he was great with the one-liners and, you know, Great to put a smile on your face, make you laugh. You know, he was also, you know, a lot of people don't know, Frank was a family man, you know. Frank mm -hmm. was such a family man. He loved his wife. He loved his kids. He's so proud of his son, Jake, who plays high school football. I mean, we would go down to his – here, I'll give you another for instance of Frank. We would go down to Jake's games. Now, my son and Frank's son, they grew up together. We always hung out. They're kind of like best friends, too. We would go to Jake's games, and we would be so loud. And, you know, between Frank's wife, Jen, Frank, me, my son, Jonathan, Jake be on the field, we'd have these big boo horns. We would blow them so loud, and Frank would have, you know, a cowbell knocking. And some of these, these parents would look at us like, oh, my God, what is wrong with this guy? But you knew, you know what I'm saying? You knew we were there, and you knew Frank was so proud watching his son. You know, he was so proud of his daughter. You know, he was such a family man, too. You know, it was just, you know, he was just, like I said, and I'll say it again, he was one of a kind. And they'll, they'll, they, Loki said it, too. They broke the mold when they made Fat Frank. There'll never be another Fat Frank. And I'm glad I can always elaborate and look back at all the good times because, like I said, there was never a bad time with Frank. And, you know, I, I miss him so much. I mean, it, it's crazy to say, but, you know, I, I miss the shit out of him, man. And I, I miss the yeah. phone calls. I miss the craziness. I miss the just, you know, I, I really do. I, I miss him, you know. And, and like I said, it's not only me. You know, Jeff, you know, you just imagine. And we're just his friends, his best friends, like family to him. I can just imagine how his wife and his kids feel. You know, it's like you said, it's such a shock, you know, to all of a sudden, you know, one day, you know, you hear and the next minute you're gone. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's terrible. Um oh we got one more and um this this is a long one. Uh you know, Homicide was a you know long time Jersey All Pro guy, another one Jersey All Pro through and through. And Oh um, yeah. So uh this this is a long one. So uh we're gonna go with this and then we'll come back and uh you know, a couple final thoughts and, and close out. Okie doke. Like to introduce the notorious 187 homicide. What's going on, man? What's up, Holmes? How you doing, man? Doing all right. So yeah, definitely want to have you on. You were, I mean, you know, a mainstay at Jersey All Pro, and obviously, you know, the loss of Pat Frank. I, I had to have you on and give your thoughts to Pat Frank there. Yeah. Um. 
Well, Frank to me, man, he's like, <laughs> like a like a drunk uncle who's mad cool who passed away. Um, I mean, this man, he did so much for me for my career. I met him in 1995 in New York City. It's a, a, a wrestling academy. It's called PBK's Wrestling School, and all the guys like the Headhunters came from there. Alexander the Great. Um, he was Big Dick Dudley. Uh, I think Terminator, aka Bubba Ray Dudley. All the New Yorkers came from there, and I met this these two guys, Candy and Italian Ice. They they their names are NC17. Remind me like PG13 or Plug Enemy. And yeah. At the time, um, I was teaming up with my boy who passed away also uh, 10 years ago. His name is Mike Stone. And we was, you know, coming out, um, like, in the independent scene and trying to change the character. I was doing some lame-ass character called the Land Terror back in the days, and I wanted to be myself. So my boy just told me, just be yourself, become homicide. I had a guy named Mike Stone. We teamed up. We called also the Hit Squad. And um, I saw these two guys, man. They're like, yo, what the hell are these guys, especially a talent ice, man? <laughs> and that was Fat Frank. You know, he loved the wrestling. After that, we just spoke. We drove a couple of beers, and um, we just clicked very well. He was telling me that he got some promotion in New Jersey. Just calm down and see what's up. And at the time, I was very green. Um, I wanted to wrestle just basically get everywhere. So that's the first time I ever went to New Jersey. I went to uh, Gina Caruso's um, gym. It's called ECWA or something like that. I forgot the name, but it was a very long time ago. And um, yeah, it was a promotion called NSWA, Northern States Wrestling Alliance. And that's the first time that I ever worked with Frank. And I wrestled this cat named Sapin Warzone. Of course, I got I got my ass kicked. But I was like a buck fifty at the time. And afterwards, he just told me he's gonna do a new promotion. Just you know, keep in touch. I lost contact. One of my boys passed away. I was like very on that downside, you know, hanging out, gang banging, all this stuff. And I just lost contact. And one day, I met this guy named Bobby Lombardi. I guess he was bored. He was telling me, hey, you want to go to New Jersey? There's a show out there. Let's check it out. And I'm like, okay. And it was September 9th in 1997. I went to this bingo hall in Bayonne, New Jersey. It's called a charity hall. I went inside the door. This guy came in. His name is KD from NC17. He was like, yo, what's up? How you doing? Hey, you want to work tonight? And I'm like, with street clothes? And he's like, well, you homicide. I was like, all right. And at the time, I had fatigues in New Jersey because I was from Brooklyn. That's how we rock our clothes back in the days. So I said, all right. And we had an eight-man tag team with with some, with some Flash Wheeler and all this crew. And Fat Frank came up to me like, you, you're a little psycho mofo, so I'm going to book you every show. And boom, we clicked very well. There was a bar next week because at the time, man, it was all about after the show, let's go to a bar and drink. And me and him, we just, just talk and knowing his passion of wrestling, what he wants to do. And, yo, this dude gave me a, a big chance. He was part of my life, you know. He's Like I say, he was like my uncle who passed away, right. you know. Yeah, man. Yeah, so there's a lot of history, man. A lot of people don't know 
how the impact he did just for the the northeast, you know, just the city of New Jersey. Um, I I was talking to one of my boys, man. It, it felt like that song, um, towards B.I.G. where he got a song. It's called "You're Nobody Till Somebody Kill You," you know. And to me, that it reminded me that because back then. It, like last week, nobody didn't knew who was Fat Frank. Oh, he's just a guy that you know just do pranks, you know, just you know fuck the world kind of attitude. But when he passed away, everybody embraced him. You know, everybody noticed like yo, he's one of the kings of of, of independent wrestling. You know, at first it was De- Dennis Caluso, and after that it was Fat Frank. You know, so it just yeah. kind of remind me of that little situation. Like like that that's crazy that now everybody. Especially these fake ass people out there, and they know who they are. They 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 saying stuff like, "Yeah, man, Frank, he give me this, he give me that." Yeah, you never spoke to the man for ten years. Now you coming around the woodwork, and you know, oh yeah, he was awesome. Come on now, <laughs> but yeah, man, this, this man, he he he's unbelievable. Be missed, man. He's he's one of those cats like. Like, I'm very heartbroken about this situation, man. I broke my phone earlier today because I was thinking about him, you know, and it just sucks, but that's the way life is, you know? Yeah, man. So, you know, Fat Franks was a guy that, you know, things that he, he always kept things interesting, so I know you got some stories about Fat Franks. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, Yo, he he's sick, man. He's... But I met Frank, it was the first time that I ever seen, like, outside of New York City. Because, like I said, I was ghetto, man. I was from the hood, and that was the first time I see, like, the suburban and people from college and just doing pranks, like, road stories, stuff like that. And he, this guy, he loved to put shit on the cup and put it on the door, you know, when somebody basically opened the door, and when they walked out, they stepped on the cup of the shit. Or one day, we was in Philly... He put his ass on the doorknob. And me and my boy, you notice that then, dude, you never wipe your ass, you know, but that's how he is. He don't care. You know, like, he does crazy pranks like that. Like, he, he don't he don't care. He knows I'm a bully when it comes to these rats or these groupies out there. Like, every time there's a problem, man, like, he always say, oh, just call homicide. And I come in and just get, like, a bucket of ice cold water or maybe some disgusting shit. You know, like, I just pee on the bucket of water and put some Dutches and just drench them. But he he's a nutcase, man. He's so funny, man. He He's a, he's a very original prankster. That's what he is. I thought, I'd be saying Mr. Fuji is the master of the pranks, but right now, man, I don't know. I think Frank is, is there. A lot of people will be sleeping on him when he does. Yeah. Um. You know, for the longest time, I mean, you know, you were the mainstay of Jersey All Pro. I mean, you, you know, first thing people would think about, they think about Jersey All Pro was homicide. And mm-hmm. you know, what was your favorite memory that you know? Because Frank, you know, being a booker, you're his guy. What was your favorite memory of a situation or match or something that he actually put you in? Um, first ever ball wire match. It was '97 of December. And it was me and Don Matoya versus these these guys called themselves the Blood Angels. And the, and the the funny thing is that it was a, a show that I did before December. It was October. It was called Halloween Hell. And um, I was wrestling Jay Lover. And I don't know what happened. I got in the microphone 
And I said, yo, you think you're tough? How about you fight me in the ball wire match? And it was a joke. Frankie just came, yeah, we're going to do that. Let's do a ball wire match. Fuck it, you know? And this is the first time a death matches came out. I mean, we was watching FMW back in the days, and it was like, ball wire match? I was just joking around. So I said, nah, man, we got to do this shit, man. Let's do this. And Don Matoya came along. I said, come on, dude, let's just do this, you know? And Jay Lover, he didn't want to do it at that time because for all of us, a ball wire match, I mean, we wasn't on that level yet. Like Mick Foley, Terry Funk, and the IWA crew, we was watching them, you know? So the next day, man, he, he I just noticed he put the ball wire match, and I'm like, Yo, this is this is for real. And I'm noticing the ball wire, is, it got, it's rusty, it's dirty, so I'm saying to myself, man, I'm going to get some hematitis C afterwards, man. But thank God I was good afterwards. But, yeah, man, I still, I still got the scars on my head from that ball I imagine. Yo, Frankie always gave me, like, like the big shows, you know. Like, everybody call me I'm, like, the, the Hulk Hogan. I'm really not, man. I feel like I'm the undertaker of the locker room, you know, the respecting kind of thing, you know. It's it, it just crazy, man. The first time I met, like, the ECW guys back in the days, man, he put me in the locker with them, and always give me three matches. Like, my idol was Terry Funk. He said, I'm going to get to Terry Funk, and I wrestled Terry Funk. I was nervous like a mofo. i never been nervous, and wrestling my hero, I was nervous. Like, I beat the shit yeah. out of him. That don't make no sense. I He the one who, I mean, he kicked my ass, too, but this man is like, like, what, at that time, 65 years old, and he still got that left hook. Then after that, man, I, I was watching the tape, and I say, like, something about, man, I want to wrestle Masada Tanaka because I wrestled him in Japan. That was my best matches when I went to Zero One Pro Wrestling. He was like, I'm going to get him, and plus I'm going to do an angle. I was like, okay. So I got Masada Tanaka, and I beat him. Well, with the two cop killers and Diamond Cutter. Then one of my guys that, that I grew up watching, I expired, it was Jujin Thought the Liger. Then he said, we're going to get him for you. I'm like, what? I said, yeah, man. And I'm a big Wu-Tang Clan fan. I always joke around with him about that. He was like, no, we're going to get that for him, man. I got him, and, and I beat him. So he always gave me people that I want. But it, it's not like, yo, Frick, I need this, I need that. It's just one of those, like, I'm talking about it. He was like, you know something? I'm going to get that for you. And boom. Like, Frank, he wants to prove to people, like, don't sleep on homicide. That's the one thing that I, that I love him, that a lot of people slept on me. Because back in the days, I was just doing the death matches, the hardcore matches. I didn't have the proper gear, you know. And, and yeah. after that, I, I was doing real wrestling. But I was doing, like, in training and doghouse and stuff like that. And Frank is like, don't worry about it. People are going to sleep on you. And he broke out of that for me, man. And he he, he hooked me up, man. And he did so much great things for other people in that promotion. I mean, uh, every student that I brought to Jersey Pro, he hooked them up. So it was not only myself, man. It was basically, I, I recommend somebody, yo, how about this guy, that guy, that guy. And he hooked them up. I always remember when Loki came in, Loki did a, a flip or something. He just said, he's higher. I'm like, damn, okay, he's like that? You know, then you put Steve Mack and Moffat together, all they look like, and they look stiff. They're higher. Then they put the range versus Ghost Shadow. They're like another version of Jujuri versus Super Crazy. And he just said, you're higher. He got that confidence on you, you know. That's what it is. He look at you, he like, I know you're nice. 
So I'm going to hook you up, and that's how Frank was. Yeah, he definitely had a knock for talent because, I mean, you see, you see the results of everything that he put his name behind. Yeah, man. And everybody came from there. I mean, the Haas brothers was the the first guys, you know. Like, uh, a lot of people don't know who's Ross Haas. That's Charlie's Haas brother. And those guys, they remember me like the old school Steiner brothers. Two white boys from Scene Hall, like collegiate wrestlers. They badass, man. And and rest in peace, Ross Haas. He kind of passed away, you know. And Charlie went to another route. You know, he teamed up with Shelton Benjamin and Kurt Angle. He did his thing. You know, but those the the first two guys who came for Jezel Pro and did a thing, and after that it just it was just rolling. It was myself, the low key, you know, it just everybody was just rolling. Yeah, man. So yeah, I mean, any other stories or anything you want to share? I really appreciate you coming on, man. Oh yeah, man. Like, I mean, the stories, man. <laughs> I don't know why his family to hear me because I know the, his family is gonna gonna hear about this. But like I said, man, there's one typical story that um, it was a bar. It's called Becker's. It's in Bayonne, New Jersey. It actually, is one of my favorite stories. And um, they, you know, it was a couple of guys was looking at me very wrong. And at that time, I knew Frank like maybe a year. This is like around early '98. And I was with this other guy, his name is Rick. To me, Rick, he's like one of those angry Irish men who drinks a lot. They always got a temper, you know? So it was me, Rick, another kind of like Rick Silver, his partner Dave Design, and Don Matoyu, just in the bar and everything. And these these three guys, man, they look like a bunch of like like farmers. They just looked at me so hard at the time. Now I had a temper. It's one of those like, yo, you, you want a picture of me or something? I had an attitude, and basically I was like, you know, I'm five seven, uh, 170 pounds, and they just came up to me. It was about to attack me, and and Frank just just took this like like it's almost like a like a fork like a pitchfork or something he was about to stab the guy but he didn't he just basically um dropped the fork and took a bottle and hit the guy in his face and after that it became a bar fight after that like we never talked about it but of course they have police out there you know but not you know they caught one of my boys but I think that was one of those moments that Yo, this guy doesn't know me very well, and he just got my back. You know, he just hit this, some guy with a with a Corona bottle in this guy's face. You know, and like I said, man, he's a prankster, man. He likes to do some stupid shit in the road. Like, it it, it got to be like about fetus. You know, something about him and and shit. I don't know what's wrong with this dude. The uh, uh, shit in the cup. I'm like, dude, what's wrong with you, man? Like, I don't know, man. <laughs> But he's crazy. He's so funny, man. He's the type of dude that you want to have him in your clique when anything happens. Yeah, man. So, yeah, man. Like I said, I, I really appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, you know, uh, it, it's a tremendous loss for the independent world. And wrestling in general, anyone that knew him in real life, it's, it's just a loss overall. Yeah, it is, man. So I got to thank you, man. And, and uh, you don't understand, like, I know a lot of guys are going to tell a better story because I'm still, like, just thinking about that. I got to thank you and all the people uh, listening to this, you know, because I think Frank deserved to be on the 
on the high level. He needs to be on that legacy right now. He is the top promoter uh, when it comes to up north. And if people know him all, all over the world, then that'd be awesome. But I think he's one of those guys that deserve to be one of the top promoters of all time. And I, I got to thank you, man, for for making the knowledge with Fat Frank and what you're doing for the support. Absolutely. I mean, it's the least I could do for everything you put out there for the independent wrestling as a whole. I mean, he, you know, he, he set the table for a lot of other people to eat, so. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you again, man. And I know a lot of people are going to plug this. November 14th, Rodway, New Jersey. It might be the last dance, but it's going to be a great memorial for Fat Frank. we be doing this for Fat Frank. We're going to do a show because the show got to go on. Of course, the main event is Ray Mysterio Jr. versus Loki. We got a union of LEX. We got MVP versus the Monster Max. We got a lot of people coming in, and we're going to do it for Frank. So I want people who listen to this. November 14th, Broadway, New Jersey. Just go to jpw.net. Absolutely, man. So, yeah, thank you again for coming on, and um, I'll talk to you again soon, Todd. All right, brother. You be good, man. Thanks a lot. Come on. All right. Have a good night. <laughs> so there you go. There's Homicide. Like I said, uh, it was a long one, but, you know, Homicide has a long history with Jersey All-Pro. He, he's the, uh, the undertaker of the locker room, as he said, and, um, you know, he, he had some stories to share as far as the ribs. You know, Frank was a big rib guy, and um, oh yeah, you know, he was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot, a lot of good stuff, man. It's amazing how, like I said before, all these guys, you know, that uh, took time out of their uh, day or night to pre-record or you know, share their memories about Frank goes to show you that, you know, he did touch a lot of people. He was, uh, yeah. uh he was one hell of a guy, you know, he just, uh, you know, from wrestling to family life to just, you know, regular old Frank life, you know, he was, um, he was just, you know, he was just Frank, you know, he was, <laughs> you know, I sit here sometimes and I laugh because there's so many things little things that Frank would do, call you, yell out to you, you know, anything, you know, just to get you to laugh, smile, or do something crazy, you know, that's just, that was Frank. Yeah, for sure, Um, and, you know, again, I want to plug, you know, his GoFundMe, like I said, you can find it on the Yakuza page, you can find it on my page, find it on Pierre's page, Um, you know, it means a lot, I mean, if you ever enjoy Jersey All-Pro, you know, that company meant something to you on, on one day, whether it be the Teddy Harper's homicide match, whether it be the, the the hit squad as a whole. I mean, anything that you saw, I mean, it's worth throw a couple bucks to, you know, at Fat Frank for everything he gave to us. I mean, this is this is the least I could do. And, um, you know, j- just give back a little bit because it's, it's not something that's going to happen on a regular basis. A lot of people go out there begging for money. This isn't that. This is a tragic situation for a guy who provided us with so much entertainment that um, the least we can do is give a little bit back. Yes. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. You know, like you said, it's not, you know, it's not somebody out there looking for uh, money to go on a vacation or for, you know, to buy something. You know, it goes to a good cause. It will help out his family. 
you know, in a time of need. And, you know, like I said, if you can't donate, share it. Share it on your Facebook. You know, share it on your Twitter. Share it on your MySpace if you still have MySpace, you know. But <laughs> if you can't donate, just share and get it out there. The more people that see it, you know, and the more we can raise, you know, just like I said, goes to a very good cause. Yeah. And on, and then the other thing is, you know, pack that house in Rawley. If there's nothing else Frank would want is to, to absolutely sell that building out. Standing room only, uh, you know, just pack that building to the rafters and, um, you know, watch watch these guys just tear it down for Fat Frank. Oh, and I'm sure they are. I'm sure they are. You know, everybody's going to go out there and give it 110%. And, you know, it'd be like any other show. You know, they always did go out there and give it 110%. It's just that night's going to be so much more special. And, you know, we're going to sit there and we're going to, you know, it's for Fat Frank, man. It's for memories of Fat Frank. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, is there anything else you want to put out there before we, uh, you know, take this home? Yes. I want to thank you, Jay, for uh, doing the Fat Frank podcast in memory of him. You know, you um, you did a phenomenal job. You know, you reached out. You know, you got in touch with me and you said, hey, you know, I want to do a podcast and I want to talk about Frank, the good times. You know, you got a bunch of people that we got pre-recorded. You know, you, you really went out, out of your way. And uh, I want to thank you for that. Um, also, you know, I want to say, uh, you know, Frank was not only – a great wrestling promoter. He was a great friend. He was a great family man. You know, he's missed. And, uh, you know, I, I, I sit here. I'm like I said, there's times in the day I laugh at the crazy stuff he did. And sometimes I shed tears. And, you know, I could just sit back and relate on the memories that we had. And Frank was such a great guy. I mean, it was a big loss to his family, his wife, his kids. Uh, Jeff Shapiro, myself, you know, a lot of people. I mean, you know, this, I'll be totally honest with you, this meant so much to me that you took the time out to, you know, do this tribute to him that, you know, yesterday, a lot of people don't know, my mother passed from cancer, and I still wanted to make sure I was able to do this show with you just to have the memory out there of Frank because he meant that much. You know, like I said, he wasn't also my friend. You know, he was family to me. And I thank you yeah. for letting us, you know, on your podcast, take the time to do a tribute for Frank. You did a great job. I want to thank you again. Thank Frank, you. oh, you're out there looking down on us right now and saying, ugh, stop being so fucking mushy. But you know what? You know you touched a lot of people. You missed dearly. And I wanted to say, you know, you'll never have to worry. I'll always be there for your wife and kids. Uh, Jeff will always be there for your wife and kids. You meant a lot to us, fat man. You'll always be remembered. We'll never let you die. You know, your will, everything that you did, you know, you'll always be there. And, you know, I just wanted to say, man, I miss you so much. Again, my Absolutely, friend. man. Goodbye. Until we meet again. Absolutely. And, you know, thank you for, for doing the show with me. Like I said, it wouldn't it wouldn't have been a true, you know, Fat Frank tribute without, you know, his dear friend, you know, beside me doing this. And, um, you know, I got to thank everybody, you know, who called in and did pre-records. I got to thank Andrew because, you know, he – he isn't even that big of an indie wrestling fan. Um, and, you know, he took time out of his, his nights to help me pre-record all this stuff, you know, and, uh, you know, he does Stern Nation podcast. You can check him out. Um, big thanks to him. 
I said thanks for everybody that was involved in this. Um, so that's pretty much it. Um, you know, Fat Frank is going to be absolutely missed. Uh, thank you for everything, Frank, and uh, we'll miss you, bud. I just want to close this with this last uh, little saying for him. My darling friend, when I went outside late last night, I saw a star burning ever so bright. I knew you had left the earth to go up above, but now I know you're shining down. Frank, you meant a lot to us. You're missed. Rest in peace. And like I said, it's never goodbye, my friend. It's until we meet again. Love you, brother. And one last thing. Acidy, ass, ass, ass. One of the fat man's favorite sayings. Motherfucking stuck ass stuck on a Friday. Yeah. Another action packed, exciting day in paradise.
is and so forth and out of paper. Now you stop, baby. Man up. Fucking Tonight was the absolute worst show ever. 